0: Welcome to the podcast for First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights. These are the audio versions of the sermons preached each Sunday. I hope you enjoy.
1: Our first scripture comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 9 through 17. As the Father has loved me, so I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep in my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You do not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I am giving you these commandments so that you may love one another. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God. Our second reading
0: comes from Ephesians, the third chapter, verses 14 through 21. This is a prayer for the church at Ephesus from the writer of the letter to the Ephesians. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded. In love, I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. When my sisters and I were little girls, every once in a while my mom would buy a sweet potato at the Jewel. Now, that may not sound too unusual except that we didn't eat sweet potatoes in our house. The only time I remember even having sweet potatoes as an offering would have been at the Thanksgiving meal. But my mother would buy this sweet potato and submerge about half of it in a glass of water and allow us to watch the sweet potato grow roots. We thought, as little girls, that this was positively magic. Most of the time you don't get to see something grow roots. You see roots when a tree is upended in a horrible storm or when you are digging in your garden and moving plants from place to place, but you don't get to see the roots actually growing, bursting forth. Now, I know Alex always has these really fancy visual aids, and mine are rather lame, but I do want you to know that it took me two weeks to grow roots in that sweet potato. Thank you. (laughs) In Ephesians chapter three, the writer is praying for all of those who are reading this letter, and for those of us that even read it now. It struck me as a perfect prayer for all of our eighth graders that we are celebrating today. Listen again to the prayer. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, God may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through the spirit, And that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. Notice the word being. Now, I checked with an English teacher, a high school English teacher, to be sure that I was going to say this right. Being is a verb. We would all, most of us would know that to be. And the use of the word being here implies. Present tense, we are still being rooted and grounded in God's love. It's something that continues as long as we choose to be part of a faith community. This is one of the reasons that we changed our confirmation program from a one year program to a three year program. We did that a couple of years ago. There's no doubt that each of the eighth graders in this room today and in the service earlier today have begun to grow roots through this intensive year of learning about the Christian faith and about the church. But we want to give you time for those roots to grow deeper, to strengthen, so that when you finally make your affirmation to join the church, you really feel as though you're grounded here, that you belong here. And for the rest of us, well, we are always continuing to grow and deepen our roots. The writer also talks about being grounded in love. Now, grounded in our culture, especially among 8th, ninth, 10th graders, takes on a little different meaning. I'm guessing that all of us know a little bit about being grounded, right? Uh, And if you don't know about it, I'm sure one of your friends can explain it to you. I'm going to be honest that as a parent, I was terrible at grounding my children, absolutely terrible. In fact, one time I was in the middle of giving my middle daughter a long speech about how inappropriate and unacceptable her behavior was and how she was probably going to be grounded for the rest of her life. When she looked me in the eyes and said, Go ahead, Mom. Ground me. You never remember anyway. Yeah. So I'm not recommending that any of you 8th graders try that approach. However, I have to admit that my daughter was right. I would ground her, say, for two weeks, and on the third day she'd ask for permission to go somewhere, and I'd give her the permission. And once she was out the door, I would be like, oh, my gosh she was supposed to be grounded. I don't think that was supposed to count. (laughs) So when she confronted me with the truth of my parenting skills, I decided maybe I should just stop grounding my children or at least removing privileges in that way. Now as I understand it, the point of grounding a child is to remind that child that there are certain behaviors that are acceptable and unacceptable. Grounding, when you use the word in terms of a punishment, is a way of putting a fence around a child that has perhaps lost sight of her boundaries. It's a way of making sure that your child has their feet planted firmly in the ground so that they don't forget who they are or what's expected of them. Now, while I didn't continue to give punishment in that way, I do continue to ground my children. Recently, my 31-year-old daughter joked with a friend and said, oh yes, if you ever want to be grounded, just talk to my mom. She'll keep you honest. Being rooted and grounded in love is what faith is all about. And it's, about, it's what it means to be part of a faith community. It's not just our celebrated eighth graders here today that, we're, that need to be rooted and grounded in love, it's all of us. And it's not just any kind of love, but a very specific kind of love, God's love. In John's gospel, Sam read for us that um, read for us a part of Jesus' last words to his disciples, part of the, what's called the farewell discourses. And in those words, Jesus says to them, "This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, but to lay down one's life." for one's friends. Now, the Greek language has several words that can be translated as love. In this particular passage, the word is agape, which translated into Latin is caritas, which translated then into English is the word charity. This is an intentional kind of love. It's not love that's based on how I feel about a person at any given time. And this love is not just charity in the sense of giving money to a good cause. It is charity in the sense that the person who's practicing this love, who has this charity planted in them, is always thinking and putting the other person ahead of themselves. That's the kind of love that God loves us with and that we're called to love others with. A love that always puts the other ahead of our own needs. This kind of love has to do with an excellence of character. An excellence of character. I want all of us to think about that for a minute, because I would venture to say that excellence of character is not something we hear a lot about in today's culture. But this is exactly what God is building in us as we root ourselves in God's love. An excellence of character. It's this kind of love that changes us. And then, as we're transformed and changed by this love, we can offer it to others. It will change others, and ultimately, it will change our world. When we love one another as we have been loved, we have a quality in our lives that, doesn't, that not everyone else has. This excellence of character means that we stand up for the one being bullied rather than being part of the bullying. The excellence of character means that we get the grade on our own merit rather than glancing over at another student's paper. This excellence of character. This kind of love means that when we tell our friend we'll come over to their house on Friday night, we show up at their house on Friday night even if we heard later in the week that somebody else was having a party that sounded like more fun. It's a love that defines us and that defines the way we live and the way we move and the decisions that we make. And the best thing about this love is that it is completely limitless. There are no limits on this love because it is a love that comes from God. And as we have learned, all of us, God's love is unconditional and never-ending. Never-ending. So the quality of love that comes to us from a gift as a gift from God, is a love that is abundant. It's a love in which we can really sink our roots into and so our roots can grow strong and deep and so that this love, this faith that acts out in love becomes part of who we are and carries us through good times and bad times. Some of us might think that In order to have a good root system develop, that you have to have consistency in the soil, and in the amount of water that you get, and in the sunshine you get. But I learned this week that that's not necessarily true. Some of the strongest roots grow when they're faced with adversity. And as Christians, we will have adversity in our lives. All of us, this this journey of discipleship, this road of faith, is not easy. And that's why it's so important that you sink those roots in to this community of faith or to some community of faith so that you can continue to grow and mature into the person that God wants you to be. The love that we get from this rooting and grounding is is what is able to transform our lives into a joy-filled existence. In John's gospel, Jesus also said, I've come that you might have life and might have it abundantly. How do we get the abundant life? We get it by rooting and grounding ourselves in God's love. Without rooting and and grounding ourselves in that love, we won't have the joy-filled existence that God really desires for us. This existence is what transforms us and transforms the people around us and even has the possibility of transforming our world. I know that at the age of 13 or 14, you're probably not thinking too much about your larger purpose in the world. You're probably mostly thinking, let's, let's just get today over with. <laughs> and that's okay. We were all 13 and 14 once, and sometimes we even think that way at 60. I can still picture each of my children on their confirmation day, and it was a while ago. I can remember what they were wearing. I remember how their grandparents came for the weekend and how excited they were to have that family support as so many of your grandparents are here today. And when we prayed with them, I started to cry and I couldn't finish the prayer. Because in that moment, I knew beyond any doubt that God had these amazing, great things in store for them that God was putting a claim on their lives that would forever change who they would be as long as they allowed it. Because we do always have a choice. Now, I'm pretty sure they weren't thinking about that. In fact, I'm pretty sure that they were thinking, oh my gosh, there goes my mother again. But I knew that on that day, we were marking the beginning of their faith journey. And it was just that, a beginning, a beginning of a walk with God that will bring you a deeper understanding of what it means to love and to be loved. Of what it means to be transformed by the power of God's love and what it means to participate in the transformation of our world. This day brings to you a sense of being connected to something that is bigger than who we can be as individuals. My children were all confirmed more than 14 years ago. The oldest is a marriage and family therapist working with at-risk children and families. Our middle daughter just finished her second year of seminary. Our youngest son is an organic farmer who digs his hands into God's soil every day and can tell you more about the importance of roots than I can begin to imagine. I didn't know 14, 16, and 19 years ago that these were the things that God had in mind for each of them. But I did know that when they started growing their roots in faith, when they found their grounding in the faith community, that they would be part of something bigger than any of us can ask or imagine. And that is really what all parents hope for their children and what God hopes for all of us, that we would participate in something bigger. This is what it means to all of us gathered here today. We are still growing our roots deeper and deeper. We are still perfecting that disciplined habit of care and compassion that is the essence of God's love for us and for others. We are all growing into something better than we can ever ask or imagine. So today, each of you eighth graders are being embraced by a divine purpose that is much larger than what your individual power of choice will give you. God is seeking each of you out. God is seeking all of us out, gathering us into a community where our roots can grow and strengthen. And God is also sending us out into a world where we can make a difference because of the love that we have known here. We are here today, all of us, because we want to grow into deeper and deeper joy. We want to live a life that answers all of Jesus' prayers and dreams for us and for our world. We are here because we are rooted and grounded in God's love and because we long to be ever more deeply rooted in that love. Now to the one who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish far more than all we can ask or imagine, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening. And if you want to learn more about First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights, please visit www.firstpresah.org
1: for more information on service times, directions, and to learn more about the First Pres family of faith.